With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? It's the Love, the Jam, the podcast. I'm Chapon coming to you as always with Rob. How you doing, Rob? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, it's, it's a late night, and uh, those are never that fun. But uh, the Clippers have won their fifth game in a row, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the Clippers swept their homestand with a, with a handful of impressive wins, too. So that was pretty good. We'll talk about most of those games, actually, um, on this podcast, including the game that just ended like a few, few minutes ago. A 134-109 wire-to-wire win over the New Orleans Pelicans, who have their share of talent on their team, and actually beat the Clippers in Paul George's debut. So it was a pretty pretty nice, just easy win. You know, Kawhi and Paul George. Paul George took a ton of threes. <laughs> Mostly good looks, honestly. But he took yeah. a ton, ton of threes yeah. tonight. Kawhi Leonard had a decent game, not a great game, probably fairly Middle of the line for him, 26-6-4 on 7-29 shooting. Um, and the rest of the team really stepped up. I felt like everybody really had nice positive contributions. And this really was Montrez Harrell's game. It was 34-12, and 12, just completely dominant, 13-18. of 18, Nobody could defend him. Nice moves in the block. Nice, nice, you know, finishes down low on the break on in transition. Usual Montrez Harrell stuff where his whole – Array was on display, his right-to-left crossover, his uh, his dunks at the rim in a half-court set. Nobody could guard him. It helps when you have Jaleel Okafor on you and a rookie um, in Hayes out there, too. But Trez was great. What do you think about this game, Rob? I mean, this game was a lot of fun. This was a game that I think Clippers fans might have been expecting more of right. this season, where the Clippers were really good offensively in a good rhythm most of the night. They had pretty good flow. Still some stickiness with their starters. Um, but the bench carried them when the starters weren't playing as well. Uh, the entire team played decent defense, you know, locked down in just enough spots to be able to get them out on many runs, which were able to extend leads and and cut Pelicans' um, advances short. And on the whole, just looked like a really fun team. I and mean, this is one of the more fun games that they've played. It wasn't as many fouls. It didn't seem like um, turnovers were way, way down. It was, you know, one of the smoother executed games we've seen from them on offense. And, yeah, I mean, Trez was fantastic. It's his best game of the season, probably the best game of his career, honestly. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, considering stakes, considering stakes, probably not because um, this is such a low-stakes game. Right. Um, but in terms of just sheer dominance um, – you know, he's rarely looked more dominant than tonight. Lou, I thought, was excellent. Um, yeah. Really, all the supporting players were really, really good. Um, you know, Jerome missed a bunch of open threes, but um, he had some nice plays on offense, and his defense was solid. Uh, Magruder, Harkless, and Jermichael Green were all as fantastic as they've been basically the entire season. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about them. But Magru- yeah, Magruder, just- Magruder is really getting into his – is really settling in nicely, I feel like. Yeah, he's looked extremely good over the past week or two. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, the Clippers just look really deep and, and really good, and Landry Shamit is still out. So uh, all the doom and gloom from a couple weeks ago has receded extremely quickly. Yeah, Landry Shamit is probably just going to slide into Jerome Robinson's minutes, but I want to give Rome some credit. He looked good today. He didn't really shoot well. He was 0 for 5 from 3, but he had good looks uh, he looked confident handling yeah. the basketball, ran some good plays for assists. He just looks more confident. And I, this is probably the best I felt about Rome his whole career. He looks like a competent uh, rotational player, even though he's probably going to lose his minutes uh, when Sham comes back. But it's yeah. nice to see the steps in his game. He even looks really good. Beverly had a 10-7-4, classic Pat Beverly stat line, uh, two threes. 
uh, sticky defense. Just a lot of the a lot of really, you know, these like <laughs> offensive rebounds that we don't expect we'll get that Pat just flies out of nowhere to get are just becoming a routine type of it's thing. It's incredible. His rebounding <laughs> is incredible. It's, yeah, I, I just his instincts, and I think people will talk about his energy and his will to get the boards. But I think that's really underrating how smart he is, how well right. he times it, mm-hmm. um, just how he instinctively knows where to be on the court to get them. Uh, just really a brilliant rebounder. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like some sixth nature with him. But, yeah, I mean, he's been really good the past few games as well. I mean, the, Cl- the Clippers as a whole, I mean, they've won five in a row, like you mentioned. Uh, they've beaten some really tough teams in that span. And uh, they're just playing really well right now. I mean, not perfectly, certainly. Um, but they look really good. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about Paul George a lot. He was only 6 for 20 today, took a ton of threes. Um, mostly good looks, but he didn't look particularly bad. He was just shooting a ton from, the out, from outside and slowly kind of getting it a little bit more defensively. He was 18 on 6 of 20 today, five boards, two, uh, two assists. Um, not, not the worst stat line, but not the best. He's generally looked crisp out there. He had three steals, a block, a turnover. Um, Paul George right now, I mean, I feel like he looks as good as he can probably look, despite today's poor game. Uh, what do you think about Paul, Rob? I really, I mean, I think I'm alone on this because I saw a lot of people complaining about how many threes he's taking. I like that he's taking I, I don't, many. yeah, I don't mind them I either. Mean, I think it fits with this team. Yeah, like he's, he took 16, which is a lot, but he made six of them. And like you mentioned, really only a couple of them were kind of iffy. Almost right. all of them were wide open. He was set. He was in rhythm. Every single one of them looked good out of his hands. And especially with Shamit out, the Clippers need somebody who's willing to take threes. Kawhi Leonard will take threes, but he's not a big volume three-point shooter. I mean, there were several times where I thought he should have taken threes, and he did not in this one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mo Harkless, not really a three-point shooter. He can make them. Um, you know, he offers some spacing, but doesn't really take them. We've noted before Pat Beverly can and is a very good shooter but it's not high volume. Um, You know, same goes for Rodney Magruder. Um, You know, Jerome has showed some hesitancy, though not tonight. Really, and and Lou Williams, even though he can make some big ones, is not really, he he prefers to operate in the mid-range and going to the basket. Mm -hmm. Really, the only other guy they have who takes them at a super high volume is actually Jermichael Green and with Shamit out. And so the Clippers really need George to take a lot, and I'm very happy to see it, not just because it's a sign that he's trusting his shoulder to just keep launching these threes. Right. But because it's something the Clippers will need and because his ability to get threes off in a tight space is something only a couple other players in the NBA can do. Um, Right. And like, yeah, you kind of mentioned it. Like George is the only one that's really going to be running off the ball consistently off of screens, catching and shooting. Outside of Shamit. Yeah. Outside of Shamit. And that's only uh, like, that's an important role right now. Harkless is going to be sitting in the corner. Beverly mostly will be sitting in the corner or on the angle three, trying to just catch and shoot. You know, Jermichael Green, we know, is not going to be running off screens. Lou Williams can do it, but he's more comfortable with the ball in his hands. So it's kind of an important role. Jerome can do it, but he's, you know, he's not going to be featured heavily on this offense. So, and Kawhi doesn't do that. So Kawhi doesn't really run off the ball, you know, try and catch and shoot. He just pulls pulls up and shoots threes when you have some space usually more times than not he's not really running off screens and trying to get off like jj reddick or anything like that so it's kind of an important role and i don't mind the 16 threes at all i'm stunned that his career high is six threes <laughs> made and i think he's gonna break that a couple at oh, least a couple absolutely. of times he's, this season <laughs> yeah he's gonna hit seven or eight a couple times absolutely absolutely today if he had just a little more luck he could have gotten eight easily but yeah I, I don't mind him in this role and i don't kind of mind him in this role going forward now we've had like three games to watch Kawhi and Paul George operate together you know I think I think you'll hear the usual kind of complaints about how the ball sticks when Kawhi Leonard is in there and you know we kind of saw saw when Kawhi was out that the ball moved around a little bit more there was more pick and roll less iso on the block you know how, how do you feel about these two kind of operating together now I think they'll improve I mean I think it's still early like you said, I mean, Paul George is so comfor- comfortable operating off the ball. He can get right. a basket when need be, but he can fit in just about anywhere. Kawhi, not quite like that. So, you know, he does have some of that ball dominant, um, you know, set up shop in the post, take a few dribbles, hold the ball. Um, you know, he's not a quick moving offensive player. 
But that said, he's still really effective most of the time. And there are times when going at a slower pace can be really helpful and not speeding things up. So, you know, it's not always the prettiest to watch. Though I mean, watching him in the post is pretty fun because it's such a throwback. Um, But, you know, as long as he's doing stuff like tonight, six assists to one turnover, uh, got to the free throw line 12 times, as long as he's doing stuff like that, I mean, I think the Clippers will take a few possessions that are a little bit more bogged down than usual. Um, as long as he's making plays for others, and today he had some brilliant passes yep. and scoring at a semi-efficient rate and, you know, 26 points, 19 shots, pretty good. Um, you know, I think they'll take a little bit less offensive flow and, and beauty um, for just sheer brunt force and effectiveness. So, I mean, I do think those two will get better in time. There's definitely a little bit of awkwardness right there, uh, but they've already found each other quite a bit through the first four games or so on just nice you know, catch and shoot shots, um, especially Kawhi to PG, I think. And yeah, I mean, the defense has certainly picked up as well. I actually think Kawhi has played much better defense this year than he did last year. In the yeah, season. I, I agree with that. And I get frustrated when people talk about defensive stats, blah, 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 for Kawhi Leonard. They're like trying to talk him down because, gosh, we live in a, in a Laker city, or at least a lot of people listening to this live in a Laker city, and everybody will be just talking about his stats, how he looks bad. I actually agree with you. I think Kawhi has looked very, very fresh defensively. You can see him getting frustrated just on his instincts, seeing other people not thinking the same way he does, uh, which is kind of cool to see and I think he's looked really good on defense I think he's moved well you know some people have gone by him because you know he he's you know some players are fast so they'll, they'll blow by him but he's always like moving them into bigs or Zubat or Trez or something along those lines like I, I think Kawhi has looked very good defensively and like in general like Kawhi has played a few more games now he's he's been back together how does Kawhi look like to you at this point of the regular season yeah, I mean, I think the lift on his jumper still is not entirely there, I don't think. Um, but I think he looks pretty healthy. I mean, he's able to get by a lot of defenders on the wing um, offensively, which is what you'd like to see. Um, he looks very in his, com- in his comfort zone operating out of the post, um, really taking on all sorts of defenders. I mean, tonight he went at Brandon Ingram, he went at Drew Holiday, um, other other Pelicans, you know, solid defenders like Kenrich Williams. He looked good doing that. But on defense, I think he's moving extremely well. Like, he's certainly not nearly as good as he was four or five years ago in San Antonio um, when he was really just the best wing defender we've seen since, like, Scottie Pippen. Or maybe ever, really. Um, he's not at that level, but he's still very good. Um so, yeah, I mean, you know, we see 100%. I'm not sure. But I do think, you know, what we saw last year, too, is that he turned it up in the playoffs. And this could just be regular season Kawhi Leonard, which is, you know, a top 10 NBA player, maybe not top five, uh, but a guy who can dominate games regardless. And, um, you know, is still, is still really, really good and effective on a nightly basis. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting dynamic. I think I feel like he's brilliant. And then, I know that he has a different gear. He has a different gear within games, and then he has a different gear within playoffs. It's weird. I've I've listened. I listened to a, bil- a billion podcasts about basketball, even about the Clippers, and I don't know if there's been a player quite like this because it feels like in Kawhi's future and his career, this might. I don't know if this is just going to be entirely the norm. Like we'll see. It sounds like this quad injury is degenerative, and he's compensating elsewhere, and he's going to probably be needed needing this load management in the least the short term and maybe even the long term, it's going to be really interesting to see how Kawhi Leonard's legacy is judged because he is not an MVP candidate for the year. He won't be despite games played, but at the end of the year and the end of the postseason, even the Clippers don't win a championship. I'm guessing people will still kind of universally call him, you know, a top five player, top three player. How is I just? It's going to be a very interesting thing to see how his career plays out, especially if he's a Clipper long term, yeah. and what his legacy will be. No, I've never seen anything like this. It's just very unique. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen a load management situation like this before. I think that is unique. Um, yeah, I think Kawhi in general is is having a very unique career, both in how he's developed how he's kind of had this super high peak, but it doesn't seem like it's going to last very long. 
um, this looming threat of this injury that's kind of hovering over him. It's it's been very weird, um, but he yeah. looks good out there. And watching him and and Paul George uh, switch on defense on a perimeter is just <laughs> fantastic. It's it's just oh, luxury, yeah. It's yeah, incre- just watching them pass defender, you know, offensive players off. Um, it's incredible just having both of them out there at the same time. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think neither of them has looked at their absolute best. I mean, I think Paul George's first couple games, he was unstoppable offensively. The defense wasn't quite there. A Kawhi, again, I don't think we've seen quite the full range of his powers on either end, um, but both of them still look extremely good. And the Clippers with both of them in the lineup um, are undefeated. <laughs> Yeah, so that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, and against some good teams too, but they've all been at home, of course, so we'll see how they do on the road. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Ingram, I mean, we talk a little bit about the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram looked look pretty good. He looks like a volume player again. I don't know how he's going to look like with, uh, with uh, Zion when he comes back. I don't know how he's going to look like in the realm of like an offense with the multiple weapons that mm-hmm. want the ball, but uh, he looks like a nice player. There's a lot of hype about uh, most improved player for him, and I guess it's merited. I don't know. I would no, it's I, not because <laughs> it's going to be Luca, and it should be Luca. Oh sure, right, right, right. I, I'm still, I'm still hoping Shea can maintain a 20 point per game average and and get more votes because I, I, I am biased. I mean, I mean, I think Luca going from like fringe All Star level player to All like an NBA MVP and candidate. MVP candidate in a right. second year is it's nuts um right. so yeah i mean i don't think ingram does look good and i've been a huge ingram skeptic um and i, do, I still am i i you know i still am kind of i think that there's still questions about him and his fit on a good team and with other good you know guys who handle the ball um and his ability to play off the ball and his defense because he looks like he should be a good defender i don't know if he quite is um mm at least yet but um, he looks he looks much better this year much much better and uh yeah i mean good for him um you know he's to be making a lot of money because of of his play this year right reddick reddick looked a little more spry today that was kind of nice to see um yeah jj played well h1 moore was might have been their best player (laughs) each one each one more played really well those threes kind of kept them in him in in it when he made all them i think he had like three threes within a span of two minutes or so yeah in the third quarter there and i mean drew holiday was as always i mean drew holiday is far and away their best player and will be all season but yeah Yeah. each one each one more was really good today i like frank jackson i mean he didn't play very well today but i kind of i kind of like him i don't know if he's gonna be good (laughs) yeah but yeah um, Lonzo Ball with that new three-point shot. Um, it was cool to see it. I mean, his release is much yeah. cleaner. Yeah, it is. One for seven, four for 13 from the field. Didn't get to the free throw line. Um, I haven't watched that much of the Pelicans, to be quite honest. Um, I don't think anybody has. And their being no. on national TV all the time is something that people are using as an excuse for why ratings are dropping. Um, <laughs> which is a bit unfair, I think. But, oh. Um, Apparently he shot the ball really badly again this year, even with the new shot. So, um, you know, the touch just might not be there for him, even if the shot is better. But I mean, they were—I honestly thought they didn't play that badly outside of the first quarter when the Clippers just destroyed them. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't think they played that badly either. I don't I think they, they played, played badly well. at all. Like they played pretty hard. They made runs in the second and third quarter, particularly in the third quarter. Um, they just they didn't have the firepower and they did not have the defense to stop the Clippers, especially Montrezl Harrell. Um, All right, yeah, let's let's get to some more exciting games. Uh, this this week was filled with very nervous times. Um, yeah. The Clippers were losing pretty much every game they played uh, earlier this week, uh, including the Thunder game actually, and came back, but kind of more spectacularly against the Celtics and against the Rockets. That Rockets game. So final score is 122-119. Um, the Clippers really – the Clippers were down like five with a minute left and somehow managed to win this game. And it was it was crazy exciting. Uh, Kawhi hit the game winner. Paul George hit a three to bring them within two. Lou put them up by one. Um, that minute was just crazy exciting. and. Yep. I, I saw the ESPN call, and then I saw the Seaman call, 
And that was like the first time I've liked Seaman this, this whole time. I think he's extremely competent, but hearing his call in that last minute was fucking awesome. Like it was like so exciting. I was so into it. The yes, sir has kind of grown on me. <laughs> Even though I miss my bingos, I still internally hear bingo when people hit mm-hmm. three. But the yes, sir is good. Um, and the Clippers have just managed to just pull their shit together to close these games. That Rockets game, James Harden hit that four, had that four point, actually the, just a three point play because he missed the free throw. And I was like, oh no, I was. <laughs> I was not. I was not in a good yeah. place at that moment. Uh, we could just go really quick on just general thoughts on that game, Rob. How did you feel about that that really exciting Rockets win? And I you mean, play, I, you had a great uh, post on it too that everybody should read on the Clips Nation. Oh well, thank you. Um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I stayed up late. It was a it was a Friday. Um, it's still late for me to be up to like two. Yeah, <laughs> my that, gosh. But um, I was certainly not turning that game off. Um, I probably wouldn't even on a weekday, and then I would have hated myself in the morning. Uh, but that was really good. It was the most fun Clippers game that they've played this year. Um, it was the most intense. I thought that they played really well down the stretch. Uh, like you mentioned, they just pulled themselves together. Uh, Lou Williams in the second half I thought was a story because in the first yeah. half he was dreadful. Really bad absolutely awful probably like the worst half he's played as a clipper almost it was really really up up there Uh, he's had some games where i think he's had some bad games he's had some bad games like when (laughs) he was bad he's really bad but he was really bad in that half and then the second half was just he was unstoppable he had 26 points he had four assists no turnovers nine of 12 shooting Uh, like i just don't get how he's as good as he is at his age with his minutes played Mm -hmm. um I just he's still able to get by guys. Um, his method of drawing fouls, his ability to hit clutch shots. Like every time he shoots, and it's within like five minutes to go, I think it's going in. Um, like he is. I'm not a big believer in clutch in general. I think a lot of like intangible style things that are kind of overrated, um, and are just used as I you know people latch onto them instead of like looking at tracks and and statistics and whatnot. But Lou is actually clutch. (laughs) And um, I thought he was fantastic. I I wasn't a huge fan of the way the Clippers played defense on Harden. Yeah. What's your opinion? I was not a fan. I think Hmm. that it's something that other teams are doing and it's work because Houston stumbled a little bit, but I just don't like leaving NBA players open from three that wide open, um, that consistently. I think, sure, you know, maybe it gets in their own heads a little bit like, oh, my God, they're just leaving me open. Like, I feel like I need to make this. Like, a psychology type of play, and, like, it's probably better than watching Harden go off. But the thing is, the Clippers have some of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. And as great as Harden is, and, like, no, nobody's going to stop him. I'd rather have any one of those guys just rotate on him, keep them fresh and to play physical and to try to wear him down than doing that kind of like gimmick. Um, because the Rockets were getting a ton of open shots. They weren't hitting them, but I think that's living life pretty dangerously. And I just don't like it. Maybe I'm old fashioned. I don't know. It's kind of tough because we've seen the Clippers defend James Harden with the one guy, keep him off of him, force him into the paint. If you can, you know, keep your hands up. His, his, his step back three has become so potent that it's kind of tough to even do that, I suppose, uh, just to give him space because he can get on a real roll from three and he's not afraid to shoot threes. If you had to, I still think that that would be my choice of option with him. It's just to keep your hands off of him, keep, give him some space. And if he wants to take threes all day, then he can. And if he beats you that way, then shoot, like he could beat you that way. Um, that's probably how I would defend him too, with like a smart defender, not like JJ Redick in the playoffs, <laughs> with somebody long who can maybe cover him if he makes a hard drive. Yeah. That's probably still the way I would guard him. I agree with you. I mean, leaving guys like Austin Rivers or even Ben McLemore or PJ Tucker, who's a very effective corner three point shooter, wide open, is not a happy place for me. Like I, I'm not into that, and especially with our long defenders, like I would just stick. Mo Hark, I would just do a, right. just a door of defenders on him that are long and can catch up with them and know to keep their hands in 
because yeah. it's like cheap like hooks and that's probably what I do you know it, it ended up working for the Clippers and we got very lucky that Russell Westbrook was on his left side and not like Austin Rivers <laughs> funny enough is that to say to close yeah. that game um but I, I also was not a huge fan of that idea of defending him though I get it I understand that yeah I understand yeah. like Harden is probably the best offensive player in the NBA today and his style of play is singularly difficult for any one player to stop I understand that but the Clippers have five guys who can feasibly guard him right semi-effectively in George Leonard Magruder Harkless and Pat Beverly and I just I think the two like again it ended up working out Russell Westbrook missed that shot I mean Leaving Westbrook open from three is a little different too, right? Um, right, because he's so good elsewhere. Um, he's such an awful three point shooter. Mm-hmm. But again, like you mentioned, like Rivers and Macklemore have been kind of bad this year from three, but they're decent three point shooters. Right, they're right. not going to keep missing them. I just wasn't a huge fan. Again, it worked out, but it was just a thrilling game. And I thought, you know, I wrote about this in that recap. I thought the unsung hero was Jamichael Green. Um, missed a ton of open threes, a couple of them really badly. But his defense and rebounding were exceptional. Um, he just does all the little things. And, yeah, I mean, he, did the same, he did the same thing again tonight. Like, he barely scored. He almost never touched the ball. And yet he's a key element to these mm-hmm. bench lineups. Just a super important player. Has great chemistry with our bench. And just like, he's a really unsung hero from our bench, considering Trez and Lou will get all the credit. He's fantastic. Um, the game is over if uh, Capella hits that hook shot that he blocked. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. that was huge. He's been, he's been great. I saw a couple of people on Twitter say that Patrick Patterson should get minutes over him. No. Because he wasn't hitting threes. And it's just, please don't do that. Yeah, um, I, I disagree so much with that. Yeah, like Patterson, again, we don't mean to rag on him. Like, he performed his role admirably. He's, he was better than I thought he'd be. I think in a pinch, he's a guy who the Clippers can give minutes to. Jamichael Green is so much better at everything. Yeah, it's not <laughs> even Patrick close. Patterson. Yeah, Pat's been great, and he's a great fill-in uh, if Green gets hurt or, or, need, or needs to rest or whatever, but he's absolutely not Jamichael Green. What a What a – pick up that guy was last year and the fact that we could bring him back gosh like we yeah. got him for Avery badly he's such an important part of this team he's been great and it's been nice to see them do the lineup where they where they even did it a bit today where Pat's not Pat Beverly isn't in they have to Michael Green and instead and it's a nice lineup and it worked at the end of last game and at the yeah. Rockets game and it's a nice it's effective lineup. I mean, so yeah I mean I think having Paul George and Kawhi is papered over a lot but I think Doc has also been fantastic the past yeah. few games in experimenting with new lineups. He had a point guard list lineup. I forget if it was against the Rockets or the Celtics. but South Celtics. I think that was down the stretch when he went big, yeah, right? Yeah, they didn't have a point guard out there. There was no Lou. There was no Pat Beverly. It was Kawhi, PG, Harkless, Green, and Trez, I think. Right, right. I, I think say. you're correct. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. And I like a lot of the other lineups. He had a lineup today with um, Beverly. Oh, was Rooters. that against? Was that against the Raptors? Maybe, or was that the Celtics? No, that was this week. That um, was this week. Yeah, that was this week. Okay. It was a game that I wrote about. Um, but uh, he had a lineup today, which was an all good defensive lineup. I think it was <laughs> um, it was Beverly Magruder, like Leonard Harkless or Leonard Green and Trez or something. Like, he's just been running out a lot of different blends of the starters and bench unit. And I think a lot of them have been really effective. I think he's discovered a very good starting lineup. I think that's going to be the starting lineup for the rest of the year, barring injury. Mm-hmm. Um, there, we did get a Twitter question about this, but I will answer at least now. Shamit is going to come off the bench, I think. Oh, yeah, no um, doubt. He'll, take, he'll just take Rome's minutes. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think Harkless is leaving the starting lineup. Um, and I mean, certainly when Kawhi does load management, I think Shamit will probably start in his place. Um, it's possible Magruder might start too if Doc wants to keep the lineups a little more balanced. Um, but the starting lineup looks great, the bench looks great. And I mean, I think Doc Rivers has been really good. I think he did have a couple shaky games. I do still think Zoo needs more minutes on certain nights. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I really like what the Clippers have been doing. And that Rockets game was just, it was fantastic from start to finish. And I'm so happy they pulled out the win because the Rockets are just so irritating. Yeah, I, I can't stand the Rockets. They're, they're <laughs> the worst. Westbrook, I love that Westbrook missed those two fast break layups trying to get fouls. It was hilarious to me. <laughs> it was really funny. I, I replayed them a couple times. Yeah. Pat um, Beverly. Lou Williams, too. Lou was the guy back, and he's trying to go up soft against Lou Williams. Like, you what? You have 50 pounds and, like, 20 <laughs> inches of vertical leaping on Lou Williams. Just dump that ball, him. man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Pat, Pat Beverly had another legendary flop against... <laughs> Which he got fined for. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I don't even know. I don't even know why that's a story. It's, like, $5,000. <laughs> it's, like, nothing. I'm but sorry. It, like, that's it was, a lot It was to great. Me. If they levied a five thousand dollar fine against me, that would be crippling. Yeah, that's, I would like sue the NBA. Like, I'd be yeah. like, I can't afford this. <laughs> that's a massive chunk of my salary for my yeah. day job. For oh Pat Beverly, gosh. that's you know, I'm sure he wasn't. It's just happy a good. It's it. just a good tweet, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he wasn't like happy. Like, oh, I have to give away five thousand dollars. That is not very much money for Pat Man. Beverly. Can you um, imagine being a person where like five thousand dollars isn't that much money? That sounds great. I wish yeah. I was good at basketball. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good to be better at basketball for sure. I, I get I get nervous in the clutch, that's for sure. So I believe in clutch. I also like to use it against James Harden mostly. Is that oh you, you don't believe in clutch? James Harden's a garbage clutch player, even though I kind of don't believe it. I don't believe that. Like <laughs> I think in the playoffs there is something going on there. Um, it mm-hmm. could just be because he plays so much during the regular season, he gets tired. It could be because he doesn't get a lot of those foul calls in the playoffs. He's still terrifying. I think with Curry out, um, I think he is the most singularly terrifying player in the NBA to go up against. Oh, yeah, he's ter- he is terrifying. I have to give yeah. James Harden his props. He's a revolutionary offensive player. He's yeah, just been it's just, incredible. I, I don't think there's no player scarier to be playing against down the stretch of a game than Harden. I think Giannis is the best overall player in the NBA. But Harden with the ball in his hands, I mean, he can put 10 points together in a minute. Um, yep. Which we did, by the way, against yeah. this team. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, um, yeah, it's it's scary. But that was a great win. The Celtics win was also really good. Yeah, that um, Celtics game was awesome. Um, we were also down. We were down like ten with like five minutes left yep. in that game, and came back. The the Clippers. I don't. I don't know how they managed to be so good in these late game situations while having such a little familiarity with each other. But they were able to really pull things together to close that game. Were they down, how much were they down? Uh, were they down four or five into, uh, near the end of that game before hit, having those the three pointers? Like what? I can't. I can't even remember the play by play really quick. Let me look. Let me check. Uh, it out. They were down. I know they were. You were right. They were down ten with like five minutes to uh-huh. go, and then I think they were down five. Wait. Let me see. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I rewatched that the next day because I went to sleep after the first half. Yeah, they were they were down ninety four to eighty seven with two and two minutes and twenty one seconds left, yeah. and then they were they were still down like ninety four to ninety uh, with like two minutes left, and then they actually caught up and tied it, and then they were down, and then they kind of made their oh no wait is this overtime no they were they were down a bit they were definitely down eighty six to seventy six, and then they were still down like six points, and then they were still down they were they were down a lot this game they were down six with about three minutes left. And just managed to catch up and hit some threes. They were down seven to two twenty one left, and then Beverly hit a three. Trez hit a two, uh, and then Lou hit a three, and then they were up one. And then they had two free throws, and then Jason Tatum put Paul George on the floor and uh, hit a three pointer because their feet got locked up. And then they closed it out in overtime. It was just a really exciting game. It's just crazy how quickly everything happened. <laughs> um, and then, the, and then, and like the overtime, it just felt like a war of attrition. They were all yeah. they were both taking just like bad three pointers, just like hoping somebody would miss something. Man, that I love Marcus Smart. That that um, that deflection he had, putting it off Kawhi's foot. Was so awesome. Like, smart just, is incredible. Just a winning player. They were so they yeah. were so smart. To, no pun intended to keep him and to give him his money. That guy. That guy is just like a, a contributor to a title winner. Like he oh, is yeah. so he is so good. I don't yeah. care that he doesn't shoot great. Like just oh, always locked as a shooter. That's true. He shot one for eleven, I think, from three in this game. Yeah, that but, was uh, rough. But on yeah. the whole, he's been a pretty solid shooter the past year and a half. Um, yeah, I mean he's. I'd say he's the best perimeter defender in the NBA. 
Um, and they're loaded. Like outside of the Clippers, they probably yeah. have the best perimeter defense in the league between Smart, Brown, Tatum. Um, and that's Hayward. A, and Hayward. That's like a quality lineup yeah. of just defenders. And this was a great. This was a crazy first game to have with George and Paul back, uh, George and Kawhi back because it almost felt like. The Celtics do a lot of very similar things that the Clippers do. I feel like their roster is very similar, and they have like a lot of kind of similar pieces. So it was almost like looking in a mirror to an extent, just watching them play this team. And that was a great win. I really, I did not actually really didn't expect them to win this game. I thought they would lose, and they and they won. And yeah, they pulled it out. They really pulled it out. It was a, it was a very nice win. Um, yeah. Any, anything to really say about this game, Rob? No, I mean, I've, I've, like I said, I only watched the first half live, and then I rewatched the next one, I think on Thursday, uh, the second half. But Beverly's rebounding again, ridiculous. Yeah, my God, what a line he had. Yeah, it's just, I just, I, it's incredible. <laughs> He's averaging a career high in rebounds this year. He probably will continue to do so. Um, he does all the little things. Doc Rivers said today that. Uh, he basically went on a longer quote, but it was basically an unstatable thing. Mm-hmm. And with Beverly, it's funny because he both is and he isn't. I think he legitimately does have intangibles that make him unstatable, whereas Avery Bradley did not. Um, I think there are guys who bring stuff beyond numbers, and I think Beverly is one of them. At the same time, I think he's always favored well statistically because he does so many things. Um, like the rebounding for a guard is just incredible. So, um, yeah, he's, he's really good. I mean, I'm glad he seems to be coming out of that three point shooting slump. Mm-hmm. So that's really good news for the Clippers. And yeah, I, don't have, I don't have too much else to say. I mean, it was just a really good win. Shout out to Russell Westbrook, who talks about how Beverly just runs around and does whatever, whereas Westbrook couldn't be bothered to like come back on defense on that Lou Williams three-pointer and pretty much was responsible for Lou Williams being completely open. So shout out to Russell Westbrook. Yeah, uh, he's, he's probably the guy I flip the most on. I used to really like watching Russell Westbrook. When did you really like watching Russell Westbrook? I mean, just for his sheer athleticism, I'm sure. He's just a I mean, monster. This was a long time ago. This was like early OKC days. This was like his third and fourth years in the NBA. I mean, so we're going way back. Right. Um, I mean, he hasn't been fun to watch in years, I don't think. But yeah, he is really, he is really not fun to watch. Um, no anymore it's a it's a little sad but it's really not that sad (laughs) yeah it's not that sad honestly he's just he's just the way he is i i just i haven't liked watching i think yeah probably early okc i enjoyed watching durant and westbrook just because i thought they were so gifted but i've never really liked watching him play and i dislike watching harden play so those two together just makes the rockets one of my least favorite teams to watch live um, but that was that was a great game, George. So, is Paul, how many threes do you think Paul George is going to average attempting a game this year? I'd say over ten. I mean, yeah. I mean, right now, let me see what he's at. I think he's probably at ten coming into tonight. He was at eight point eight. After to tonight, 10. he'll yeah. be over ten. Yeah, I think Bad. around ten probably. He averaged uh, 9.8 last year. Right, right. That's he wasn't more minutes per game, though. He was in 37. He's not going to play 37 minutes a game this year. No. Um, but, I mean, I think he's more willing than ever to launch them. So, yeah, I'd say around 10, which is great. The Clippers use every, could use every one of those threes. Who do you think is a better player, considering we just watched both of them, Jason Tatum or Brandon Ingram? It's not even close to me, but I don't it's know. Tatum. It's Tatum. Yeah, it's Tatum, right? It's not even Tatum. close. <laughs> Actually, the weird thing is, I think people would talk about his offense. I think he's a much, much better defender than yep. Adam is. Yeah, um, for sure. And he's also a couple years younger, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, Ingram has, has been better this year, but Tatum is younger. I think Tatum is already quite a bit better and more well-rounded. So uh, better outside shooter, too, I think. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd go with Tatum. When Shea Gilders Alexander took that open three pointer to put the the to possibly put the Thunder back up in that game, how much percent of you kind of wanted him to make it? 
Not that much. <laughs> Shea has been good enough that I don't I don't need him to hit one more three. <laughs> right. Um, That's fair. That's that fair. is honestly probably his worst game of the season, I think. Yeah, he had a bad game. He had like six early and he really just did nothing the rest of the game for the yeah, most that part. Yeah, was, that was one of his worst games. He um, probably had some nerves. I'm sure he did, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, it was a tough game for him. I don't think he was bad. I mean, he wasn't great. I mean, he had a, he had a few bad turnovers. Um, Chris Paul. Well Chris, the- Chris Paul was all Chris Paul. Sorry to interrupt, but like that yeah. was such a that was such a Chris Paul game. Like that whole game, he was doing yeah. all the stuff that bothered me about him. But I loved to see him do when he was a Clipper. Just all mm-hmm. his little tricks were like all all on display. Sorry, what were you saying about Shay? Oh yeah, I mean he's he's cooled off a little bit from his super hot start. Um, but he had an amazing game against the Lakers uh, yesterday as well. He so. did. He he's still playing well. Not quite as well he was to start the season, um, but he still looks really good. So that one three, I, I was fine with him missing it. Yeah, I, um, I was very nervous. I, I didn't really want him to make it. Part of me was just like, oh, it would be very poetic if Shea hit that wide open three against us. And Gallo had a good look too. That yeah, he did. Yeah. I was more worried about the Gallo three. <laughs> the Gallo three, yeah, me too. Even the Gallo mid-range shot that he took to close, I was like, oh, that looks like he can make that. But he did not. And that was also an entertaining game. Um, Paul George really kind of bailed himself out. I thought he had some bad plays to close that game, but then he hit the huge shot that put us up and won the game for us. So that yeah. was an ugly, ugly, fairly ugly game for the most part. Trez was great. Uh, so was so George was actually very good to start, and then he cooled off a lot, but then he hit that huge three to end it. Um, yeah, it was just like a very old-school throwback game. It was a, was a fun game. Any thoughts yeah. about that game? It was so long ago. No, not really. Yeah, those those first games of the week are always tough to go back to. Yeah. Um, at this point, just when there are several games in between, it all kind of blends together a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was they were all good wins in their own different way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I don't have too much else to say about the Clippers. I think you know they look really good right now, and they just came off a pretty tough part of their schedule, so they have played at home a ton. They're eleven and one at home, which means they've only played, I think, five games on the road. It's crazy, yeah. One so and far, four. yeah, yeah. So they have a lot of road games coming up. Um, they have three on the road, and they're at home for two, and then they're on the road for another six Jeez. in mid December. So you know, it's one thing to win a lot at home, but they're going to be hitting the road, and. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how they play. But yeah, just looking at the week ahead before we go to Twitter questions. Yeah, um, uh, they play at Dallas on Tuesday, which should be fantastic because mm. Luca is incredible, and the Clippers have several guys who should be as effective as anybody could be on him. Um, then it's that's back to back in Memphis, and I'm guessing Kawhi will sit that one out. Mm-hmm. Um, the Clippers should be able to beat Memphis even without Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And then Friday, they're in San Antonio against a really badly struggling Spurs team. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, they return home against Washington. I think they could go 4-0 this week. That's tough. I feel like they'll lose one of those games, either against the Mavs or at San Antonio. I feel like they might lose that Mavs game. It's kind of tough. I think 3-1. and one. I'll go with 3-1. and one. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think certainly they could lose one. Honestly, it would be so just them if they lost to the Wizards, who do score a lot of points. A lot, yeah. But, I mean, the Clippers could put up 170 on the Wizards. Their defense is that bad. Yeah, um, wow. Like, every time Isaiah Thomas is in the game, the Clippers should run pick and roll and have him switch onto one of their, their wings, and it'll just be layup city. One of the, I, think, I think I heard, uh, who was it, Kevin O'Connor talking about a tweet from one of their players or a quote where they, one of them was just like, we just need to play like below average defense. Yeah, Dobby's Bertans. <laughs> Bertans, way, yeah. Spurs, right? One of like the most five entertaining players to watch in the NBA <laughs> this year. He's taking like eight or nine threes a game in like 20 minutes and hitting them at 45%. It's <laughs> wild. Yeah, jeez. Uh, so... The Wizards are are low key a little dangerous, but I mean their defense is so bad. The Clippers should absolutely win that one. Um, San Antonio is always annoying because even when they're not good, it's just like it's San Antonio. Like they're gonna find mm-hmm. a way to hang around and 
LaMarcus Aldridge will hit like a million mid-range jumpers. Um, but yeah, the Dallas game, Dallas is good. Dallas is very, very good. Yeah, Dallas is good. And um, that irritates me because I don't like the Mavs. Their organization stinks. Yeah, their and, um, organization is crap. Christoph Porzingis is kind of questionable. <laughs> yeah, they do not deserve yeah. Luca. Um, yeah, I but, don't like um, their organization either. Luca, they have, and Luca, they will possess for probably the next decade. Um, Jeez. So yeah, better get used to them being pretty good. How many? How many titles do you think Luka Doncic wins in his career? It's just so tough to predict. Right, right, the right. Titles yeah. like. Unless you're on the scale of LeBron, and I don't think he is. He's not. Like, there no. are people saying he's the best, having the best second year of all time. Like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> um, he is, looks fantastic. But, I mean, you'd still probably say one or two, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. Like, I think so. I mean, they need a better second guy than Porzingis, though. Yeah, Porzingis has not been... You know, he's he seems like a nice defensive presence, but really he just seems like a shooter more than anything. I, that's I really he is. He doesn't have yeah. much else of an offensive game. Uh, he might get better as he continues to recover from that that injury right, right. Um, and all that time off. And I thought he was very overrated in New York as well. Yeah, I can't even I can't even remember Nick's Porzingis. Did he post up a lot in New York City? I can't even remember. It's been so yeah, long. Yeah, he did. Yeah, was he effective? Yeah. Eh. <laughs> not really. He's not that strong. He doesn't have a good handle. He's not a good passer. He's tall. He's, he's a he's a pretty good defender, and he can shoot, which is really valuable. Yeah. But um, yeah. Like if they got like Bradley Beal or um, I'm trying to think of who else. Well, Beal signed an extension. I don't even know who else. Like they need another second guy who's better offensively than Porzingis. Yeah. So Porzingis can focus on just defense and then hitting threes. Yeah. Um, I mean, even with just Luca and Porzingis and the rest of their team, they're, they're going to be very dangerous. So I, I'll say, you know, I'm going to go out and say the Clippers win all four, but I could definitely see them losing one of those games. Beautiful. The Clippers are turning into, into optimistic, Rob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. We have a lot of Twitter questions. Do you have anything else oh. before we get to No, we can, we can go straight into them. Okay, sounds good. So I think we have like eight right now. Mm. So from John Flores at JK Flores 157, in the spirit of the holidays, what are you most thankful for about this Clippers season so far? You can go first. Um, I'm thankful that Paul George looks as good as he does right now already. And he looks very comfortable with the ball shooting. He's not favoring his shoulders. And I feel like he's extinguished a lot of questions about him coming fresh off a double uh, shoulder surgery this quickly. I'm I'm very happy about that. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's probably what I'm most thankful for. But I'm just I'm just thankful. I I love. I don't, I don't know when things could go bad with this Clipper team. I feel like they're very tenuous with Kawhi's health at times. Yeah. So I'm just trying to enjoy it while it's here, and I'm hoping for the best and hoping that they can stay healthy. Yeah, most thankful for it's tough. Um, just that everybody is pretty healthy, I'd yeah. say. Um, Shamit has that ankle sprain, but it seems like he's going to get better pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, surely be out like another couple weeks, I think. Everybody else is healthy or as healthy as they will be. So I'm thankful for that, especially when there have been so many other injuries around the NBA this year. Mm-hmm. Um, next question is from my dad, uh, Richard Flom. And uh, thoughts on Zubats? Can he get more minutes? Is he a candidate for most improved player? Uh, I think he's been really good. I think he probably does deserve more minutes, though, again, on nights like tonight when Trez is dominating, you know, it's going to be tough to take him out. Um, and I think in a normal year, he might be like a down ballot candidate for rookie most improved player. I don't think his numbers have improved enough to get votes. Yeah, that's I think problem. people who watch and look at like the more advanced numbers will see it, but I don't think he's he's really a candidate, um, barring a Trez injury, which obviously I hope doesn't happen. Yeah, so last year as a Clipper, he played – um, he play. He still played like twenty minutes a game, and he's actually playing less now. So, yeah. so his numbers across the board last year, just from like a pure just numbers perspective, just like you know counting stats, 
like nine set nine eight and uh, one and a half. So he's at like nine. He's at like nine seven and one right now. And he's clearly better for people that watch him. But he's just not going to get the minutes, and he's not going to get you know. He's just not yeah. going to get the stats. So I think he's great, and you know, it kind of leans into another idea. I was most scared about the center rotation going into the season, and I'm not anymore because I think. Zubat has looked so good. You know, it is a concern that if somebody gets injured, that it would be a very vulnerable position for us. But he has looked fantastic in a healthy Clipper team at center. It looks to be like a, you know, not just a neutral, but a positive now. So that's great. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, next question from Rick. I always, sorry, I'm never good at pronouncing last names. Carich, I think. Carrots. I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> are are Leonard and George going to hit their full offensive potential without a better facilitator at point guard? I I don't really just agree with this take. I think people get yeah, too hung up on positions. Um, you know, would would they work better with you know prime Steve Nash? Yeah, they might look a little bit better. But Leonard is a guy who likes to have the ball in his hands anyway, and George looks great on offense anyway. I. You know, would, would they might get better shots if they had a somewhat better passer and distributor than a guy who could create a little bit more than Pat Beverly. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think Leonard and George are the type of players who need to be, like, unlocked by a top-tier point guard. Yeah, I don't, I don't particularly agree with this idea that, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard need an elite passer to, to unlock them either. Because, yeah, you're right. Kawhi often just gets the ball. I mean, what, do I need somebody to throw better bounce passes to Kawhi on the block? Or do I need somebody to throw better chess passes to Paul George when he rolls off of picks? Like, ah, sure, I guess. But, like, it's not like they're pick-and-roll players, like, where you need somebody to, like, pass them the ball at the in the pocket, like, when they're diving to the rim or something. Like, I, I don't know. It's not like, it's not like we have Amari Stoudemire yeah. out here. You know, it's it, they're just, like, different players. They can both handle the ball. They're both comfortable in pick-and-rolls. They're both underrated passers. I don't think that they really need – like, did Michael Jordan – I don't want to compare Kawhi to Michael Jordan. That's been done too many times. But, like, did Michael Jordan need a better passer to get him pa- looks, you know, in the post that he wanted? Not really. Like, I don't really think yeah. so. so. Yeah, I and, and, and okay. Rick, not to, like, single you out. I just think this is a question that's been brought up a lot, and it's one that, you know, I think we both think that, you know, maybe the Clippers could use another ball handler. Um off the bench, but it's not really about unlocking Leonard and George. It's just about having a little extra stability um, and just a little bit more creation if, if really needed. Um, I think we're going to actually have another question about potential trades. Um, I think the Clippers roster looks pretty good right now. I don't think they really need anything. Um, if anything, it probably would be either, again, like a third reliable big man like a true center or a point guard. Um, but I don't think George or Leonard really needs a, a better point guard to be any better offensively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think that is a question that's come up a lot. And I happen to disagree with that notion, but I can see where it comes from. It's a good question. Um, I mean, point guard seems to be a position where people think that we're kind of weak at, but yeah. Yeah. Um, next question from David Nagy. Uh, now that we're in a new era, have you considered changing the podcast name? Uh, Not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for one, it's just like rebranding. It's just irritating and really like we're lazy and we don't want to have to do that. Yeah, yeah. That's really most of it. Uh, but also, you know, Ralph lives on. Yeah. And I still think the law of the jam, so. Yeah, I don't – I mean, if you ever like – listen to this potter like i meet you and you're like what's the deal what does it mean to love the jam the podcast like i'll just be like wow like <laughs> what's wrong with you uh but so it's just such a classic catchphrase and i i love the name of the pod so i, I don't have any interest in changing it yeah. Really. yeah i mean i do love i forget if this is one of the ones we were thinking of doing for one of the other podcasts on the clips nation network I think Boardman gets pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I is, think I was. I think I was kind of hoping that you and Lewis would would name your podcast. Yeah, yeah. It is Boardman that is a pod. great name, and oh, not to give any competitors any ideas. Yeah, I want to yeah. trademark that. Um, Boardman gets pod. If, our, if we have another podcast, like we should definitely do yeah. that. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, no, we're we're not going to change it. 
I mean, I think it's at least <laughs> crossed my mind, but it's not something we've seriously considered or, or will do in the near future. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Next question from Don John at John Evans 57. So far this year, Kawhi has been largely inefficient on offense. Any cause for concern or too early? Um, I don't think so. I mean, again, I think some of it is just he's saving up. Some of it is I think he's still getting integrated into the offense. Um, but some of it is just shots. Like, it's still a pretty small sample size. I think he's missed a lot of open threes that he's probably going to hit more of. Um, and he's still getting to the free throw line. So I'm I'm really not too worried. Again, I think more of my concerns are for the longer-term stuff with him, which is if the Clippers do re-sign him to a max deal, which would obviously be a win because going into the season, a lot of the pressure is like, can they keep Kawhi and Paul George beyond two years? So if they do, it's a win. My issue will be like five years from now, how does he look? Um, so I'm not really that worried about the short term. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too worried either. I mean, I guess he's shooting like what, 44, 45 percent. That's still pretty good, but he's just like a legendarily <laughs> efficient player. He shoots like 40, 50 percent or so usually. I, I'm not, I'm not terribly concerned. He's getting some good shots. I feel like some of the threes he takes, I, I, I disagree with. Like he, I feel like he settles sometimes for threes, um, and that's maybe my biggest critique on some of his shots. Like, I remember in that Celtics game, I feel like he hit his first three, and then he just kept taking them. I was like, oh, you don't need to, you know, take all those just threes. But I guess he makes them. So <laughs> it's hard for me to disagree. He's not shooting well from three this year, uh, which is probably the biggest uh, dip in his efficiency. I um, mean, he missed, he's missed some free throws, but I, I think he'll be fine from the free throw line. Um, I'm, I'm not too concerned. He also played a lot of those games without Paul George. He's not been yeah. integrated yeah. with Paul George. Like, I think we should give him some time. I'm not too worried that he's inefficient or he's showing that he's hobbled or anything like that. He looks like Rob mentioned. He looks good out there. You're right. The lift on his jumper might not be totally there yet, but that's just with reps. And it don't, doesn't sound like he really played much basketball over the offseason. So yeah. I think he's just kind of, kind of getting used to just being in the swing of things again. Agreed. Um, next question from toe, knee, at Indian Clipper. Even with PG and Kawhi, Lou and Trez continue to be a staple of the offense most of the time. Can we expect that throughout the course of the season, especially when PG and, get, and Kawhi get to be the best version of themselves? Um, yeah. I think yeah. Lou and Trez are going to continue running a lot of offense uh, because they're really good and because it gives Paul George and Kawhi a break. So, yeah. I mean, Lou is showing no sign of aging. Trez is better than ever. And one of the luxuries the Clippers have is when on when PG and Kawhi have off nights, kind of like tonight, Lou and Trez can carry the offense. So yes, they're absolutely going to be a staple of the offense the entire season. Yeah, this is like insane, man, to have Kawhi and Paul George and to have like a top three pick and roll duo and Lou and Trez out there too. It's it's such a huge luxury. And the whole time when Lou and Trez were running some pick and roll, I just kept imagining Shamit in the corner and, instead of Pat Beverly. Like, how can you guard that? Like, you can't cheat off Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And if you have, like, Shamit in the corner, like, instead of Beverly, granted, like, maybe Pat will be going, but, like, you can't leave Shamit in the corner. Like, there's just so much potential with this team. Like, even when Paul George and Kawhi aren't touching the ball, like, there's potential with this team yeah. as far as, like, how you can defend them. It's, like, impossible. Um, and if especially if Trez gets better at those, like, Draymond Green short roll passes, which he has been over the last couple of years, um, that's always going to be a stable of the team because it's efficient basketball. So I, I don't yeah. think Paul George or Kawhi mind it at all. So Yeah, definitely not. I mean, if anything, it's good. Superstars are not, unless you're maybe Kobe Bryant, they're not like mad when other guys are able to help them do things on the court and take some mm-hmm. of the pressure off them. You know? Right, right. It's not like, a, wow, like Lou and Trez are stealing our shine. It's these guys are making our jobs easier. Right. Um, and will hopefully help us win a championship. So, right. Um, yeah. Next question. Uh, I think we have two more from Mitchell Robles. Uh, where does Sham end up when he comes back first or second unit? Also, what's your guys' take on the Clips embracing the knucklehead era this season? Uh, first, I, I think we've discussed he's going to be on the second unit, um, barring injury or Harkless going into a tailspin or um, Sham it coming back looking like. Superman or something. Um, 
I think he's going to be coming off the bench, taking Jerome Robinson's minutes, probably getting around 15 to 20 a night. I think uh, Magruder and Lou might also give some of their minutes to him, depending on how he looks. But, um, yeah, he should be the second unit. And I love the Clippers are – I don't know about embracing the knucklehead era. I, I think that's taking it a little too far. They've referenced it a few times, but I really like that. Yeah, I didn't know Katino Mobley was doing some commentary until today because I've I watch I have League Pass, so a lot of my game feeds are through the national TV uh, feeds. So I didn't see Katino Mobley until today, but I love it, man. That's like the era where I really fell in love with Clipper basketball. I was a fan before uh, 06 and 05 and that era, and uh, I, I was a fan during the Darius Miles era too. But I really fell in love with the Clippers probably a little bit more during the playoff run that we had with Cassell, but the whole like knucklehead era thing and like embracing that and even just Trez doing the double, the double tap today was awesome. And Hark was doing it earlier. It's awesome. I think that's, it's a callback to a lot of fans who probably fell in love with the team then too. It's super cool. Maggetti doing, you know, games, you know, it was kind of weird kind of bringing Maggetti back into his whole fold after what happened to him last year. But you know, he's, he's kind of um, slipped into things pretty decently and, I love that they're referencing that that era a lot. It's even Katina Mobley wasn't really a knucklehead era guy, but just oh five, oh six and before yeah. from like yeah. that early O's to like the mid O's, like that's when people really became, I feel like, Clipper fans. So it's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Anthony at DJ Maddock. Given the small sample size of this current season, and with PG and Kawhi only playing a few games together. Do we still absolutely need a player like Iggy? Feels like Harkless has been a great complimentary player. Yeah, great question. Yeah, very good. Um, I think Iggy depends on how you get him. If he is bought out, which it does not seem like he will, uh, the Grizzlies seem very adamant about not buying him out. If he is bought out, absolutely, the Clippers should pick him up. I love my guy, Derek Walton. Um, I think he is an NBA player. He's been really good in the G League for the Clippers. He's looked, you know, relatively competent in the preseason and, you know, the very few minutes he's gotten in the NBA. But, I mean, if you have a chance to get Andre Iguodala basically for free, you know, you do it. However, if that doesn't happen, you have to trade somebody, and it's Harkless and Jerome Robinson. And even then, the Grizzlies would probably not – I don't know why they do that package – um, I mean, I guess Jerome is a young player who showed some promise this year. Harkless would just be for salary matching. I'm guessing they'd want more picks or young players. I just don't know how much of an upgrade he'd be over Harkless, who's been awesome this year. Um, again, somewhat different skill set. Iggy, much better passer and playmaker than Harkless, which does feel a need. But I think Harkless is a better defender at this point in their careers. And he's also a bigger player. Iggy's more of a guard slash wing. Harkless is more of a wing slash big man. And I think that's a better fit for what the Clippers are looking for. I just, I don't really see a trade there, to be quite honest. Um, buyout is a different story, but it doesn't seem like he will. So I, I don't think the Clippers need him. I think he'd be a luxury. Yeah, I think he'd be a luxury. I mean, if they do that trade tomorrow where they trade Rome and, and Harkless and probably a pick or something... Um, for Iggy, I, I wouldn't go crazy, but I, I love Mo Harkless has become one of my favorite Clippers, and I think he does everything we need Iggy to do for a lot of it, except for maybe some mild playmaking. Um, I, I wouldn't really want to. I don't really want to give up the farm. I really, I wouldn't be mad if they did it. I suppose, but I don't really think they need to do it anymore. I think this Clipper team, as constructed, is the most complete team probably in the league. And yeah. And uh, I don't really care too much about, you know, shaking things up unless, unless, right, like you said, he's bought out, which sounds like it's not going to happen. It would suck if he went to the Lakers because the Lakers really could use him. And I guess, yes, that's probably the argument for getting him is making sure the Lakers don't get him. Right, right. Pretty much. And that's the probably, yeah, like you just said, the argument to getting him um, because it would really make the Lakers quite a bit better. Um, he would close games for them for certain. Um, but for us, I mean, he wouldn't close games for us, right? Like the R5 right um, now, to, would he close games instead of Pat? Or, or I mean, I guess that would be I think be it's possible too. he would. But 
I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think it would probably be Harkless, Jerome, and a pick. I just think that's too much. I don't know, like, in the playoffs, he might be more useful than Harkless. I think most pundits would strongly argue in favor of that. Iggy is like 36. Harkless is about a decade younger than him. He's bigger than him. He's a better defender now. I I just don't get it. I mean, I guess I get that the Clippers is all about winning the championship. And if you get even a slight edge there, it's worth it. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think it's worth it. But yeah. keeping him away from the Lakers, there is value to that too. So that would be an interesting move if the Clippers did it. Yeah. Yeah. Any more questions? No, that's the last one. Yeah, I think. Anything else you want to say about this team, Rob? <laughs> no, I mean, it's been fun. Um, the last week has been really, really fun. After I think I wrote last week, and we've had some other articles about how they really haven't been very fun to watch this year. Um, last week, they've been fun. I mean, the games have not been super beautiful necessarily, but they've been really entertaining. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this team is looking like it's going to be really fun to watch with both uh, – you know, Kawhi and Paul George in the lineup, they look really deep. The role players are rounding out into shape. And I'm I'm excited and, yeah, wishing everybody a, a happy Thanksgiving. And we'll be back uh, sometime next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to us. Leave us a nice review and whatever you listen to us to. And as always, go Clippers!